Let's do it. 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 Let's do it.
We all know comic books are based on fact, too. So. Mm. Law is any day all now. <laughs> Especially Archie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike, any, any like, powers you ever wish you had or any, like, maybe you wanted Bigfoot to come and rescue you and bring you part of his family or something? No, but kind of like Jarvis, except externally, uh, my entire family used to say that I was from uh, a traveler family, what was known back in the day as gypsies, but that's not... Sure. Uh, mm. As accepted these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they would say whenever I was misbehaving or doing something they didn't like, it would be like, your real family's going to come get you. You better stop. <laughs> <laughs> and they did that for years. Like wow. Years, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which I guess is pretty abusive in hindsight, <laughs> but I was like kind of into it. Mm. And now, yeah. one of like my favorite things would be to live in uh, one of those communities. <laughs> did they one day sit you down and were like, Mike, we were just messing with you, dude. We're, no, we're I, sorry. I figured it out. I figured <laughs> yeah, you figured it out. There's, there's been no apologies in my family's for anything. <laughs> Jarvis's cool. like, Jarvis's answer was like mad cute and like <laughs> fantastical, and Mike's was like dark as fuck. Yeah, sad. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about alien encounters, right? Mm. Like, um, and. I I like I mean I sort of told you guys, but uh, Alien Encounters, like as we know it, uh, had didn't really receive widespread attention until the 1960s, right? So there's like yeah. two main stories that sort of put Alien Encounters on the map. One being this this Antonio Villa Boas case from Brazil in 1957, and then so the other one is actually the Hill abduction, which I think Jarvis is going to talk about a little mm-hmm. bit later, right? Have you guys heard of both of those? Uh, I have heard of both of them, but for the sake of the audience, I'm going to pretend I haven't. Okay, cool. So, no, I'm not I'm not going to go into too much depth about those specific cases. I'm going to let Jarvis sort of take yeah, yeah. the wheel when it comes to the Hill abduction, and then we can talk about the other ones later. I'm just trying to say, like, you know, there are many cases of similar type of stories happening earlier from, like, the 50s and 40s, some of them coming to light after, like, the sort of boom in the 1960s. People started to, like, become more comfortable with sharing these stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, some researchers refer to these earlier abductions as paleo abductions. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. Yeah. Um, Which always but they're sort of these, like... Yeah. It strikes yeah, me as an odd term. term. Yeah. Because yeah, like, like, what It's like... Ba- yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, Mitch. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, when you think paleo, right? You think like Paleolithic, like literal prehistory, like Cro-Magnon right. man and shit. Like, I, yeah. I have no idea why we would refer to something that happened in the 1920s as paleo. It's just Gluten-free. bizarre. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just because it was like before the sort of boom of the 60s that they were like, okay, anything that happens before, like any stories that sort of came out, right? These aliens are being me tooed 40 years after any of this sort of shit happened. And um, they're calling them paleo abductions, which... Um, now, what, what's yeah. the definition of that? Did you discover a de- like what they mean by that? Like- so they're just... Interest. They're just stories that date back to the like as early as the 1920s. But okay. it's literally just before... These two like predominant cases of the Boas case from Brazil in 1957, and then the Hill abduction, which happened in the U.S. in 1961. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you, do you right. guys think so, the? Sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, do you guys think that the obviously the Roswell incident in 1947 had to have influenced these people, right? The people claiming these abduction stories, because that was you know 1947, right before these abduction stories right. started coming yeah. out. Had to something. So I think it had to have stemmed from that. 
Mm. It's sort of the like that's sort of what paleo abduction means that like it's like these stories that are coming to light afterwards. So mm-hmm. some people mm-hmm. are I'm sure some people are just lying. Um, maybe they haven't even experienced anything. They just want a little bit of like uh, they would just want to talk. You know, yeah, they just yeah, want yeah. to share this story. Their attention. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of exactly. Yeah. So they're they're taking these other sort of big stories that are now like in the news, and they're like, oh, in nineteen. 19- 43 I was out on a farm and I saw this thing so mm. I think that has a little bit to do with why they're calling them paleo abductions but I agree it's not a great term whatsoever right so there are there are stories that date back to like the 1920s there's this book called New Lands from 1923 it was written by this dude Charles Fort and he's like in the book he says one supposes that if extra mundane vessels have sometimes come close to this earth then sailing away terrestrial aeronauts may have occasionally left this earth or may have been seized and carried away from this earth so basically it's like speculation yeah, yeah. that EMVs uh, aliens hmm. exactly yeah <laughs> so many of these cases come out during the 60s because of the open nature of people talking about their encounters but we have like these great stories of like pilots talking about aliens that resemble metallic stalks of asparagus is one that I read about and then like these army soldiers that see bright lights but then they experience disassociation before finding themselves in like a location that they don't remember going to so there's sort of these like themes that I think we are going to hear about the more and more we sort of look into these cases right? yeah. it's um, a, an extremely interesting um, phenomenon and I think the reason why it's continued on so much is because there are enough factors that would lean towards credibility um, you do have a history of science fiction in media before that that people could say like oh that idea came out of some author or came out of a film and then it was planted in somebody's head they hallucinated mm-hmm. and they were pulling on that or you could say that maybe an author based something on someone else because once you start getting right military involved which are in theory the most credible quote-unquote human witnesses that we have yeah um you know what did they see and what prompted them and i think that's what a lot of this ends up being is the people that are describing these experiences had an experience and whether or not that right. was from space aliens or hallucination or unknown technology, mm, that's mm. what is very interesting, but also extremely yeah. hard to pin down. Yeah, I agree. I agree immensely. I, I think uh, War of the Worlds also kind of <clears throat> added to um, that. Oh, that for whole, sure, for uh, sure. Craziness of oh, yeah, over aliens and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that not just the book. I'm talking like the radio broadcast yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. that they did. Um, I think that also kind of brought it more to the forefront, you know. Because I mean, if you read anything about the War of the Worlds when it aired, people were losing their minds. They thought it was a real broadcast. Mm-hmm. They thought right. aliens were That's actually. So cool. And I think that was totally a seed that was planted that uh, people started using as they, you know, as they started these, these stories. I think most. I mean, who knows if. Where do you guys stand on the on do, like? Do you believe in these alien abductions? Like, do you believe that these are true? Like, or do you think it's uh somebody um you know somebody making it up? Like, it's for me personally. I think I think they're out there. I I don't know. Um, I, I'm on the fence about if they've come and actually visited us. But I mean, with the amount of um, planets out there and stuff like that, I, I imagine that there has to be an intelligent race out there somewhere. I just don't know if we're Big enough that they're gonna come and visit us. <laughs> um, Paul Spielberg. Yeah, I guess like it's um it's like an interesting like I definitely 
agree that there must be something out there because I yeah. think it would almost be it's 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 more insane to like think that we're the only planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's Center so much more far fetched to me. Yeah. Um, but like in regards to this like sort of whole podcast, I I like in being a cynical person, I'm very skeptical about all of this stuff. Mm. And I think for me, it would take actual firsthand experiences to convince me of a lot of the things that we're going to talk about. And that is just like, uh, that's because of my personality. And that's something I should probably talk to my shrink about, you know, what I mean? <laughs> it's like, there is certain there. And that's why I'm interested to sort of hear from you guys who I'm hoping are going to convince me to be a little bit less cynical and a little bit more open-minded because yeah. like, I love I love aliens. I love the idea of aliens, alien movies, sci-fi, all that stuff. But like, it's very. That's actually probably of all the sort of paranormal, cryptid, ghostly thing. That's probably the one that I can get behind the most. Actually, mm. is aliens. It's like extraterrestrial life from outside of our Earth, mm-hmm. um, outside of our solar system. Even. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where I stand on it. Cool, Mike. Yeah, I, um, there's a couple stories that I I think are pretty like the Betty and Barney Hill story, I think is pretty, uh, like I believe parts of it. I think, I think it, something could have happened. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I'm, I'm with kind of with John on that where it's, um, I, I kind of need hard proof. I almost need to be abducted. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm with you, <laughs> which I was hoping, I know I told you guys, um, in a, in a text, uh, I would have liked to have been abducted over the last week just so I could have a cool story to tell you guys today, but unfortunately mm. it didn't happen. <laughs> Mike, what are you, what are your yeah. thoughts on the, uh, where do you existence? stand my friend? Um, yes. Well, I traditionally am very gullible, so I have to play it extra careful on the stuff that I kind of believe or don't believe. Um, mm. for sure we have, confirmation from either it was the navy or the air force that they have yes. craft that they released the video of that is performing maneuvers that we don't have the technology to pull off so there at the very least is a pocket on this planet with far more advanced technology than what we currently have or currently know about mm. so at the very least even if these aren't beings from space like, they could be people with just super high-tech craft. Right. And they could pull this stuff off, and then you can start screwing with people if you have nothing better to do. There was a, um, a pilot. I think it was the pilot that one of the pilots that encountered that craft. I was listening to an interview with him, and he said one of the things that he and his buddies used to do, um, this is a military pilot, is they would fly real low um, elevation reconnaissance and they had like FLIR infrared night vision cameras and everything so if you're flying over an extremely wooded area and you see a campfire that thing shines like a a spotlight for their cameras so he said when he and his buddies would be doing like night flights with like night vision goggles real low light situation and they would see a campfire they would slow down as much as they could while still maintaining the height and then right above the campfire, they would kick on the afterburner and take off. And then all of a sudden, if you're in the middle of the woods, which I go camping yeah. plenty, and there's no lights around other than the fire, and then a jet 
is right <laughs> above you mm. and then kicks on the afterburner, you are never going to forget that. You are going to think that no. you just had an encounter because you did. Mm. It just wasn't with aliens. <laughs> but you're not right. going to know that. And that's yeah. what these dudes would just do for fun. Mm. And so these there are people that are definitely having these experiences. They don't necessarily have to be from Zeta Reticuli. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of this stuff is true. And then it's just whether or not yeah. you want to go down the, the alien probe hole or if you want to say that these are just government black budget agencies that are screwing with people or testing people mm. or just testing their technology. I see I what you did awesome there, by the way. way. It's awesome yeah, either way. Alien <laughs> Probe Hole was the name of my band in high school, actually. So I'm glad you <laughs> Experimental prog metal. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> alien but Probe Hole. I kind of like that. That's a... That's a good. That's a great point. Like, because there definitely are. I mean, that's just one story, right? And I'm sure yeah. there are plenty of shitheads like out take, there that are. I I feel like I could take that guy at his word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know. So, but then he saw something that he can't explain. So it could go a whole right. other level up. So there could be like right. super secret CIA guys that have drones that can travel faster than anything we've ever made that mess with those pilots. You're like, I remember when I was camping in high school, man. You and your buddy screwed with me, and now it's my turn to get back at you (laughs) with my drone. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, we do have, uh, we do have like the Harrier jet technology where we can, you know, a jet can hover and and go straight up and um, zigzag or whatever the heck it does. So I mean, there is some sort of technology out there. But yeah, what what kind of stuff do we not know about Mm. that the government has that could be messing with us by them just testing it? 5G basis. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into that though. Uh, no, that's, that's its episode. own episode. Yeah, that's yeah, its own episode yeah. for sure. Um, Mitch, yes. I want to know where you stand on 5G, but more importantly, I want to know <laughs> where you stand on aliens um, and yeah. their existence. All right. So for a very long time. I was very skeptical of the idea of alien visitation to planet Earth. Now, I was pretty confident there was life throughout the galaxy. I mean, kind of going along the lines of what you said, John, I feel like it's more obscene and convoluted to claim that we are the only form of life in the galaxy, which is just bizarre. Like, how could you possibly even say that, right? Um, But... As far as aliens coming and visiting Earth, I was always very, very skeptical with alien abduction and alien visitation and UFO sightings and stuff like that. It wasn't until a couple of years ago I went down the rabbit hole with Skinwalker Ranch. Have you ever heard of Skinwalker Ranch? Oh, yeah. So, skin for yes. those who don't know, Skinwalker Ranch, basically this ranch in Utah in the... I always struggle to pronounce it, Uinta Basin, I think it is. Basically, a ranch in Utah, uh, totally littered with strange, I guess for lack of a better term, you would call it alien phenomena. Lights in the sky, UFO sightings, sightings of physical beings. Uh, But what's really fascinating about it is that they called in, there was a research team that was based there for a period of like 10 years from... I think the end of the 90s all the way until like 2010, of actual scientists who were studying this phenomena and the fact that they were able to witness and document these things 
And like the level of scientific scrutiny that was applied to something and yet the evidence still manifested to me I found compelling enough to completely change my opinion that maybe aliens really are coming to earth yeah that's Skinwalker Ranch is super interesting we'll have to do an episode about we, that yeah, we, could do I an, feel, we could do an entire yeah. episode on that yeah, easily. It's, there's so easily. much behind it. Yeah, there's so much. It's, there's a whole history behind it too. Right? Yeah, with sort of the the native Indians of that land. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. This whole Skinwalker um, legend that ties into it all, and it, it's interesting that the more you go with like the paranormal aspect of it, not necessarily like the oh, what's a flesh and blood creature versus you know this like when you start going with like the right. spiritual and paranormal aspect of it, it's interesting how. So many things like tie together in odd ways with like how legends corroborate not only to other legends across the globe, but also things that would seem unrelated, but are also related. So it's easy to see how people get conspiracy theories, in my opinion. Yeah, especially with the Internet, everyone having a voice. Oh, for sure, for sure. But there are a lot of good docs about Skinwalker. If anyone listening wants to go deep into it, there's some there's some good ones out there mm. that should definitely be checked out. What was, uh, you, Mitch, you mentioned one a uh, while back when we were first talking about this show. Weren't you talking about a show? There was a movie or a show that was coming out? Oh, yeah. Very recently, History Channel, History Channel. did a uh, season-long show called, I think it's called, like, The Mysteries of Skinwalker Ranch or something about, or like that. And basically, for the first uh, the, time the ever... Secrets. Secrets of Skinwalker yeah, Ranch. Yeah, Secrets. And yeah. for the first time, they took a camera documentary crew in there to document the stuff on it and now i haven't gotten a chance to actually sit down and watch the entire series i've only seen clips of it but from what i know that they have like they've recorded like actual ufo sightings and stuff on camera now granted we all kind of know how media is they could could they fake it sure but Mm -hmm. you know at some point you gotta be willing to take people you know give them the benefit of the doubt to a degree even with yeah. popular entertainment right uh so i'll have to go back and watch it because i tapped out after four minutes in the first episode oh really now yeah. why is that what would uh, set you off we all we all know media oh um, yeah yeah and it's just like it just stunk of it you know yeah. yeah and that that takes a lot away from me now when you it, it's a setup you know that's a scene yeah 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 and it's yeah. not because it's not as polished as the other shows, they would rather stage everything. So even if something happened, mm. they put so much fabrication and BS. Yeah, yeah. That, like it's kind of loses. Its I, I feel yeah, you there. Yeah. I feel you so, there. And I want I want all this stuff to be real. You know, yeah, I want to watch the actual footage. And yeah, everything. yeah. But when when it's delivered in a way that it's like, oh, like why does it have to be you? Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that it was on the History Channel, which isn't exactly. Uh, you know, it doesn't have a lot of integrity, that network anymore. Yeah. No. Um, not like it, I mean, uh, did it ever really? Maybe back yeah, in the 90s. Right? I mean, not so much they don't now. even I mean, try. It's just entertainment. Yeah. It's all just entertainment. Yeah, yeah totally. Like, ancient Aliens and all those crazy mm. shows they have on there now. Yeah. Which I love. But yeah, I also, no, it's fun. It's, f- I also want it's fun entertainment. Um. So we have some stories, right? Uh, Jarvis, yeah. do you want to kick it off? We mentioned... Uh, the story that you wanted to talk about, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but uh, yeah. if you want to expand on it, mm. I think that'd be Yeah, awesome. so, yeah, the, the Betty and Barney Hill story, which is, um, I mean, hits pretty close to us because we all live in New England. Yeah. Um, 
And this was actually one of the first alien stories that I kind of um, heard about and got a little bit attached to. Um, it's pretty fascinating, and it's um, there's a ton of resources out there about it. But what I have here, I just got like a quick uh, a quick rundown because I, don't, I don't, obviously don't want to read a whole novel to you guys. But yeah, yeah, um, it's pretty fascinating. It took place in New Hampshire, um, where is Mike is from? So <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know what your how many similarities you have with them in the story, living in the woods of New Hampshire. But um, yeah, let me jump into it. So. The Betty and Barney Hill alien abduction. In 1961, a married couple, both normal by all accounts and leaders in their community, were driving home from a vacation at Niagara Falls when they saw what they thought was a falling star. But it moved around in the sky and began to grow bigger. They decided to drive slowly along the road and follow the light as it grew closer to them in the sky, eventually stopping in the middle of the highway as the object hovered only 80 to 100 feet from them. Um... Sorry, hold on, I just minimized my window by accident. Uh, at this point, Barney Hill commits a horror movie no-no and gets out of the car to get a closer look. After seeing a craft with 8 to 11 humanoid creatures in black uniforms on it... In black uniforms? I don't know where I'm finding some of these stories with these, this grammar. Mm. Uh, he screamed, they're going to capture us, and ran back to the car, and the couple drove home. A trip that should have taken three hours mysteriously took seven. The hills could not account for the missing time. Additionally, a lot of other strange things happened, leading them to conclude they had been abducted. Arriving home at about dawn, the hills assert that they had some odd sensation and impulses they could not readily explain. Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house. Their watches would never run again. Barney noted that the leather strap <clears throat> for the binoculars was torn, though he could not recall it tearing. The toes of his best dress shoes were inexplicably scraped. Barney says he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, though he found nothing unusual. Hmm. They took long showers to remove possible contamination, and each drew a picture of what they had observed. Their drawings were strikingly similar. Perplexed, the Hills say they tried to reconstruct the chronology of the events <clears throat> they witnessed in the UFO and drove home. But immediately after they heard the buzzing sounds, their memories became incom incomplete and fragmented. They vaguely recalled a luminous moon shape sitting on the road. Barney recalled, oh no, not again. Betty thought uh, Barney had taken a sharp left turn off Route 3. You know Route 3, Mike Holmes? You familiar with that road? Is I that mean, in New Hampshire? I've, I've driven on it, but I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. Um, after sleeping for a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive into her closet, observing that the dress was torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. Later, when she retrieved the items from her closet, she noted a, noticed a pinkish powder on her dress. She hung the dress on her clothesline, and the pink powder blew away. <clears throat> but the dress was irreparably damaged. She threw it away, but then changed her mind, retrieving the dress and hanging it in her closet. Over the years, five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analyses on the dress. There were shiny, concentric circles on their car's trunk and had not been there the previous day. Betty and Barney experimented with a compass, noting that when they moved it close to the spots, the needle would whirl rapidly. Hmm. But, th but when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots, it would drop down. Um, and as time passed, Betty and Barney remembered more and more details of their abduction. So much so that they were able to draw, both of them were able to draw a map of a solar system um, that they said that they traveled to in these in this abduction during this abduction, what? which is pretty wild. Mm, mm, um, yeah. 
it, but it, it all goes back to that mentioning what Mike mentioned earlier is like you you completely lose track of time. It seems like with with most of these abduction stories I'm reading, mm. like that was a big one in this where like they said the three hour trip turned into a seven hour or was really a seven hour trip. Yeah. It's like yeah. that's a phenomena in these stories that comes up a lot. They call it missing yeah. time. It basically yeah. like in yeah. a nutshell, you'll just be sitting there, you know, at like 10 a.m. in the morning, and then next thing you know. It's six o'clock at night, and you have no idea where all that time went, and you had no idea what you did or what happened or anything. Well, usually you can blame that on drugs, but yeah. I, th- I don't think in this, in this case, I don't think they were doing drugs and driving back from Niagara Falls. Um, <laughs> Let me. Propose. But it also makes me think, like, what, what these aliens? Do they have some sort of like control over time and space? Like, is what? that something they can like manipulate? Now, like, what if the- this is? I like to call it Occam's aluminum razor. Okay. Um, All right. I like the term already. What's the easiest conspiracy reality you could apply to this? Now, let's say that uh, unknown black ops helicopter with a task force of dudes, like four or six dudes. Yeah. With a really bl- bright light. So already you're not recognizing like this technology shouldn't even exist. So if you see this driving on the road, you're not going to know what it is. But somehow mm-hmm. they're up there. Bright light shining on the car makes the guy stop and be like, what's going on? What is this? Then these guys land the craft, get out, sodium pentothal in the neck, right? Mm-hmm. Drag this couple away from their car. So that explains the scratches on the shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then do whatever they're doing to them and then put them back where they found them and then leave on their way. Hmm. Right, so I, I again, sure. This is all just bullshit. I don't know the circumstances or the motivation or what yeah. would cause the concentric circles. It's certainly extremely interesting that they'd be drawing similar things. Yeah, but yeah. If they were both taken by people and then drugged up so that they didn't experience, which those drugs do exist. Oh yeah, uh-huh. for sure they do. And their interpretation and- of the experience ends up being aliens because they yeah. just watched a movie or they just read a book. Yeah, and yeah. Then, so their brain, like any traumatic experience we go through, is trying to reason what happened, trying to piece together the input that you know you received but don't understand. Yeah. Mm. And this is, I mean, this is the 1960s too. This is when LSD was a thing. Like, this is when a lot of people were experimenting with acid. And mm. um, yeah, so I'm what sure... Was was that was the government program that were, uh, I'm blanking on the name where they tested uh, the op- CIA Operation space. Paperclip? No, that's where they got the Nazi scientists. Project Ultra? Oh, MK Ultra? MK yeah, Ultra. MK Ultra, yeah, that's MK what it is. So they were doing that. Yeah. That's been declassified. That is something that they were doing. Yeah. So yeah. what if part of that was, well, let's see how a couple reacts to this substance in the same room together, you know, and then they just grab these two. Yeah, and I don't know about you guys, but like if getting dosed without knowing it is a terrifying thing so i I couldn't imagine no being a couple like that and getting dosed especially with lsd Mm. lsd back then too which was like it was they were just figuring it out Mm. so who knows how potent it was back then um yeah it's it's fascinating stuff could be alien could be you never know and we don't know what kind of technology i mean they could have had the stuff we see now, they could have been making that stuff back then. Like you said, the Black Hawk helicopter. Like, that could have been yeah. a thing back then, and we just didn't even know about it. Mm-hmm. Or who knows? I mean, they got to test um, that equipment somehow. 
Yeah, right? Mm. Yeah, why not terrify a couple <laughs> that's coming well, home I, from a, a trip to Niagara Falls? I read a book called Area 51, The Name of the Writer Escapes Me, um, but it was all about the craft, the top-secret military aircraft that they tested at that facility. Mm. And then oh, the idea awesome. was when they're test- testing the SR-71 Blackbird, like yep. all of their radar-defying craft, and so you have these vehicles that have never been seen in the air around this uh, military base that shouldn't exist. I don't even know if they've officially stated that, that the Groom Lake facility exists. Like, it might still, even though it's in the collective public right. zeitgeist, it might still not exist on paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was saying, like, they were testing all these crafts and... That's why they kind of wanted to be like, oh, yeah, it's from space. It's all aliens. Because if the Russians are hearing about it or if any of our competitors are hearing about it, Mm. they can get muddied up as to what really is going on. And if anybody sees uh, something flying in the sky, they'll be like, oh, it must be a UFO. Because that's safer for them than them being like, oh, they're testing a secret craft. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I mean... Again, going back, it's the 1960s. This is like the height of uh, American uh, USSR conflict. Yeah, you know, like war. we were. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on between our country and theirs, and mm. who knows? It could have been a secret technology that we were trying to keep secret. Mm. Yeah, but these so, people had quite an experience. Yeah, the, so that I mean, that's a pretty famous story, right? Yeah. That's yeah. sort of like a dipping your toe like, in the water story, yeah. right? That a lot of people yeah. know about. There's like a mo- there's movie about it mm-hmm. and there's like mm-hmm. docu series about it and stuff. Tons so, of books. Tons yeah. of books. I think it's something yeah. that we we should explore more, you know, mm-hmm. and I agree. Um, hell, we'll all when we, when we can get close enough to Mike's house and knock on his door, we'll all we'll all take a visit. <laughs> well, they have Maybe. the um, they have that UFO uh, festival in Exeter, New Hampshire every year. And that's one of the things that we had on the books we were going to try and all go mm-hmm. do together. Mm. And that's, you. Yeah. I think the last time I went a couple of years ago, you might have been like a shuttle you could get on. And they would drive you over to the spot where it was supposed to happen. Amazing. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So now when the world's not ending as much. Yeah. Are Betty and Barney, are they still alive? No, they have passed. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Barney died actually in 1969 uh, and Betty died in 2004. Wow. So I I got a question, right? Yeah. Has anybody ever made the connection between Barney and Betty Hill and Barney and Betty Rubble and their encounter with the Great Gazoo? <laughs> Not that. I didn't take it that far. <laughs> do you wow, think Do you up. think that's, that's a, a coded theory. reference? Could be. When was uh when yeah, was when the Hanna Barbara yeah. Hanna Barbera, yeah, like that's that's like the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that. They, why not? If you're a writer on that show, why not? Yeah, yeah. Because right, that was that's... 1961. The Hill abduction was 1961. Mm. So yep. when did Flintstones start? Jarvis is on it, I think. Well, actually, why don't we look? Uh, what was the alien's name again? The Great Gazoo. Great Gazoo. Great Gazoo. Great... Oh, when yeah. was he right, introduced? Right, he was later. Yeah, yeah. He's later in the series for sure. Yeah, so let's find out when he was introduced. Probably like 1972, he was in- dude. 1965. Hell yeah. It says wow. he first appeared on the show October 29th, 1965. 
So Listen. that could be a connection. Huh. Yeah, if any if any fan theories pop up on the fan theory subreddit after this episode comes out, we know that people are sniping Mitch's idea. Yeah, yeah. And make sure you link Beastie Boys. Yeah, link Beastie Boys. Tag us. Yeah. Um, that's actually yeah, that's super amazing. Interesting. Mm. Good call, um, Mitch. So, oh my God. Harry oh, over the Jarvis cut out. That's Harry. Uh, I didn't even wow. notice that was back there. There's an alien in the room. Um, I didn't even notice hey. the cutout was behind you. That's, that's so good. Oh, that's my favorite thing ever. Um, yeah, the cutout that helped start this journey. Mm. Um, it really did. That picture uh, with it with the the two Sasquatches. One of my yeah, favorite Mike, photos of all time. Mike. You know, Mike, you're a hero in a lot of ways, but getting this cutout made, and um, I mean, teamwork is, is makes truly, the dream work. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I really, we really need to get the rest of us though. Like we all, we all need our own cutouts. Oh, other for sure. cutouts. Yeah, yeah, of each other for sure. Yeah. I think each of us should have a different one behind us during the recording. Mm. I love that. But but yeah, I, I think that's completely plausible. I I would say, I would lean towards believing that 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 connection's true. Betty and Barney. I mean, at the very least, the, if the you want to believe that, yeah. Flintstones connection, yeah. I totally. That's awesome. <laughs> Blew my mind, Mitch. I, I, listen, uh, I mean, I did kind of just pull it out of my ass, but, you know, I'm one of those hey, people where if I talk about it enough, I can convince myself that it's real, so <laughs> that's <laughs> that's my standpoint now. I fully believe that that is a coded reference that they made to the Barney and Betty Hill case, they were like, we have these characters named Barney and Betty, just like the famous alien case. Let's have them meet an alien. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I love Is it. there any way that people, do we have an email? Because I feel like if we have people listening to this that could give us a little insight, if they know. Yeah, we do. Like, I'd love it if they could reach out to us. Do and, you uh, believe that Betty and Barney Rubble were yabba dabba ducted? <laughs> <laughs> email us at... At BeastieBoysParanormal at gmail.com and tell us what you think about the history of Hanna-Barbera and all of that. Uh, and if it's related to Betty and Barney Hill. If it's, yeah. Mm. Um, so, Mitch, now that the spotlight is on you for your wonderful <laughs> oh boy. theory, um, you, have a, you have a similar alien abduction story. Is that correct uh, to share with us? Yes, I have an alien encounter story. That I can share. Alien encounter. Yes. Cool. All right. Cool. Um, That's. Uh, I. I would. I would love to hear. Okay. So you know, I talked about. Uh, I talked about Skinwalker Ranch, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but now we're going to take a little pivot to its sort of B movie sister ranch, Stardust Ranch. Uh, oh. So I've never heard of this. Yes. Yeah, so I hope you were going to say Skywalker Ranch for a second. It was so <laughs> I wish, I wish, <laughs> but the stars don't align that properly. Not all the time. So okay. okay, Stardust Ranch. So in 1996, a guy named John Edmonds and his wife they purchase a ranch in Buckeye, Arizona, to open a horse rescue for injured and sick horses. Right. And now this story, in my opinion, has all the hallmarks of that classic. Well, this is just too good to be true story. So, mm -hmm. first of all, the house, it's abandoned, can't contact the previous owners, working with the real estate agents, all the furniture and belongings are still in the house, right? Uh, later, before John Edmonds moves in, he finds all of the stuff that was in the house, 
deposited in the empty swimming pool on the property, just mysteriously. Contacts the agents. They don't know what the hell happened. Still haven't gotten in contact with the previous owners. But he buys the house anyway. He hires somebody to clean it up. So, about the first night he moves in, uh, Edmonds is relaxing on the porch after, you know, moving boxes in all day. And it's, you know, nighttime, watching the uh, walkway leading up to his house. There's this guy who starts walking up to the house. He's in military fatigues, long coat, unkempt here. And then he notices that the guy is wielding a sword. So John goes into his house, gets his revolver, and confronts the guy. And the guy says that he's a monster hunter who worked for the previous owners and is here to do his job. And so Edmonds, you know, hand on his gun, because let's face it, when you're staring down a guy with a sword, you don't know what the fucking think especially when he tells you he's a monster hunter so he laughs in his face and he says well get out of here dude i don't need your help anymore you crazy nutcase so the monster hunter he gets all pissed off and leaves and then he tells edmonds that he's gonna regret that and you know i bet he did because for over the next 20 years and uh, possibly even still going john's ranch has been plagued with all sorts of ufo and alien activity so it starts with hearing strange sounds and noises outside or at night, but then things kind of quickly escalate. So he's got the ranch is a rescue for horses, right? So he's got he's building horse corrals. So he's having, uh, you know, the fences that he keeps putting up for the horse corrals keep getting moved out of the ground. Some of them get twisted and bent. Eventually, he actually finds one of the horses dead, caught up in the fence with the post bent and twisted around its neck. Now, here's where it starts to get fun. One night, while sleeping, John wakes up in the middle of the night, sees three shadows about four feet high coming out of the corner of his room, surrounding his wife while he, she slept. So, you know, as I think any self-respecting American would do, he leaps out of bed and attacks them with a baseball bat. And he hits one of them. And he hears the thud and everything, and it's followed by a high-pitched shriek, which... Uh, Wakes up his wife, right? Then the three shadows vanish. His wife wakes up like, what the hell is going on? John calls the police. But, of course, there's no way to verify his story. So from that point on, he starts stashing all kinds of weapons strategically throughout the house. And now that night, he kind of kicked off a 20-year war with the aliens. So John and his wife would see UFOs all the time in the forms of both orbs of light and aircraft in the sky above his house. He would also see what he says is portals opening and closing in the sky and seeing these aircraft come in and out of these portals. Now, another night, John woke up again to find the aliens in the middle of abducting his wife. His wife was floating above the bed, being pulled by a beam of light outside of the open window. So, like any good self-respecting American man does... He went and grabbed his trusty AK-47 with a double banana clip, rushes outside, and begins firing at the light source. And he claims that he was hearing bullets cascade off of some type of metal craft. He fired two full magazines at the craft until the lights went out. And then from that night on, he started handcuffing his bed to the white, uh, his bed to the wife, his wife to the bed. Not for some kinky fun time, but so she wouldn't be taken by aliens. Whoa, now, him. that's amazing. Now, in another yeah, instance, in another instance, his dog chased three gray aliens and managed to bite and trip one in the yard. But then it vanished into thin air, and his dog subsequently choked to death. 
Now, in total, he claims that aliens have killed three of his dogs. However, what? however, John himself claims to have killed a total of 18 aliens. <laughs> One what? notable instance, he was again asleep, only to be awoken by three aliens closing in around him. So, like I said, as any self-respecting American man would do, he jumped out of bed and grabbed his nearby strategically stashed katana and cut all three of them down. <laughs> now, of all the aliens he killed, John claims to have killed all of them with his katana. And also, he says he has the scars to prove it. He has quite a few scars from his claimed battles with, quote, malevolent ETs. Now... According to John, the bodies would always disappear, likely taken by the aliens, of course. However, he collected blood samples, which he sent to a biologist, a Dr. William Levengood, in 2013. Now, according to Levengood's findings, which again, our only source of this is John, and we're going to get into why that is in a minute, the samples were pure hemoglobin and matches samples from cattle mutilations. They also included large amounts of chlorophyll, indicating that it's some type of plant-related uh, plant substance or something like that. Now, Levengood was preparing to go public with his findings to the greater scientific community, but he dies of old age because he was in his 80s, and his lab burns to the ground in a freak accident. And shortly after that, John claims that he got visited by the men in black who came up to him at his ranch and told him to keep quiet about the activities happening on the ranch. So naturally, John goes to the media with his story instead. He writes a book titled Stardust Ranch, The Incredible True Story, about his experiences, and he also puts his house up for sale for $5 million. Now, people accuse John of hoaxing the entire thing, saying that it's really just an elaborate story to justify selling his ranch for $5 million, right? However, to make matters even more interesting, in 2016, he does a video interview, and you can see what appears to be two gray aliens peeking around the corner, spying on him while he's doing the, the interview. Also, in his house or from the window? It, in his house, like peeking around the corner in his house. And now, in 2016 also, the Travel Channel show Ghost Adventures went to Stardust Ranch. They conducted a nighttime investigation where they documented plenty of paranormal phenomena, including strange sounds, recordings, and also sustained physical injuries. And their conclusion was that the ranch was actually haunted by demons who were pretending to be aliens for some reason. Now, yeah. Stardust Ranch <laughs> is no longer for sale. And in case anybody was curious, it is estimated on Zillow to be worth about $530,000, not $5 million. Wow. <laughs> so how's that for a, a crazy alien story? That's yeah, that's wild. wild. I never heard that one. <laughs> that's awesome. Arizona, you said, or New Mexico? Uh, Arizona. Uh, Buckeye, Arizona. Yeah. It's about an hour and a half from Phoenix. That dude okay, needs to get his CO2 checked. Mm. <laughs> uh, and you did mention the Men in Black, which yes. is not Will Smith and Tommy Lee no. Jones. Although, a, although men... by the way, this story goes with a guy shooting alien craft with an AK-47 yeah. and cutting awesome. down and cutting down aliens with his fucking katana. I really hope that it was Will Smith and. Uh... <laughs> I really hope they both showed up. <laughs> 
I would just like to say, if you're out there and you're a monster hunter and you're listening to that, mm. email us. Yeah, we want you on this show. I would love to meet. That might be my favorite part of the story. I would love to meet a self-proclaimed monster hunter. And can you imagine this dude? Right, he's steady work. The guy moved out. He's finally like, oh, the new guy's in. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start working for him. This is my only job. Yeah. If you're a monster hunter, the odds are you're not like day in at a Best Buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta train. (laughs) So he goes. The guy tells him to fuck off. Now he's like, oh shit, I'm out of work. So he sends his kids in dressed up to scare the new owners so he can start working again. <laughs> and then the dude beats one of his kids in the head with a bat. <laughs> I'm not oh saying that's what happened, but can you imagine? He sliced up 18 people that this guy knew. <laughs> yeah. you know, his kid and, and all his friends. To, he has to keep coming and like taking the bodies and hiding them because like he's complicit in yeah, this yeah, whole yeah, like yeah. plot. Yeah, and they know? can't reveal. You can't reveal yourself. Mm, as no, a, of yeah. course not. O- only yeah. for the person you're working at. Mm. Right. So, oh my oh goodness. My God, those poor <laughs> what uh? What? What's John's last name? Edmonds Smith. E John Edmonds. I want to. I'm gonna look into that book. Yeah, you can actually if you Google, uh, John Edmonds Stardust Ranch on Google Images, you can actually find. Uh, quite a number because he's posted like pictures all on social media of all his oh, claims. I'm all so like over this. That's you my can, whole night now, Mitch. You can find pictures of his claim scars from uh his encounters with aliens. You can find a picture of the katana that he used oh, next yep. to some dried blood. Um Hattori Hanzo yeah. blade. Also <laughs> apparently He lo- he looks exactly like I imagine he would yeah, look yeah. too. He's got a mustache. Mm. Also, apparently a separate investigation I don't remember what it was, but they also went there, and not only did they find a UFO, like, have a UFO sighting, but apparently they chased after some type of, uh, some type of humanoid shape that left behind some kind of rock that had a star hollowed out inside of it. Like, literally, circular rock, inside of the rock, hollowed up like a donut, like a star shape. Yeah. Wow. So he and he also in his gift shop he sells stones that have live laugh love. <laughs> <laughs> Does uh, what did he do with these bodies? Like why would he not? Well, uh, according after he to chopped him, them up with this katana. According to him, they would disappear. So, uh, convenient. Yeah, yeah, real convenient, right? Almost a little too convenient. So, uh, yeah. you know, you could go the the uh, the line of thinking. Well, the aliens are obviously taking away their dead comrades to bury them with the highest honors since they died in the they died in the 20 year war against this man or he's making the whole thing up (laughs) the sample thing is super interesting if it's real yeah yeah like that is that was the most interesting for me too for sure if it's not just him and like some real old scientist being like Please stop sending me this shit. I told you I will not test it. Mm, mm, I have no right. intentions to ever test it. My, lab, <laughs> my lab's been closed for 15 years. Me. Leave me alone. And then he just goes there, kills the guy, burns his lab, and is like, oh, I'm covering it up. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got a photo with, like, some blood and, like, a sword on here that I'm looking at that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to imagine that he wasn't actually fighting aliens. He was just fighting, like, his kids or something. <laughs> slashing them with his sword. They come in in the middle of the night. They wet the bed. He's just slashing at them. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This guy sounds unhinged. 
Although, going outside with an AK-47 with two banana clips would be pretty fun yeah. to shoot at the sky. Let her go! I do gotta say. <laughs> um, Mitch, did it say if he had kid? Uh, John Edmonds? Uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, I know he's married. Well, he probably doesn't anymore. Um, <laughs> that would be the that would be one of the best sources, right? If yeah. You could look up the kid's Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, oh, LOL, the aliens are back. They're doing TikTok dances with Grace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just added him on Facebook. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're probably the ones behind the little mayo vines that used to come out back in the day. You guys remember those? No. Mm. Yes. Remember little the little alien that would dance around yeah, yeah, yeah. and do drugs yeah. and stuff. Oh man, that's wild, dude. That's a great story. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm gonna man. deep dive into that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Super interesting. Stardust Ranch. We should. Yeah. We should maybe think about doing a full episode on that because there's. Oh, we should be a go lot. if we can camp on his, in his grounds. <laughs> That'd yeah, be I sick. Mean, hopefully, we're, we'll be Facebook friends by the time this episode yeah. comes out. Dude, what I bet we could reach. Out all to right, him. all right, all right. Let's go around. Mm. What weapon are you bringing to Stardust Ranch, Jarvis? Ooh, what weapon? That's a really good question. Uh, skip me for a second. Let me think about this for a sec. John, saber, like an old battle saber, like from yes. the Civil War. With yeah, the no, hand, well, hand I guard. was, I was thinking more of like a sort of like um, Middle Eastern saber, you know, with oh, like, like a big, yeah, hand. yeah. I do want like, the big hand guard, but like almost like something that you would a see like in, a, in Aladdin. Yeah, a scimitar. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. A nice, yeah, a nice sham shear, if you will. Yeah. A towel Perfect. <laughs> I know what I'd bring. I'd bring a net so I could catch him. <laughs> Just throw a net on him so they can't get away. And then John can whack him with the blade, with the blunt side of the blade, and knock him out. What would you guys bring? Oh, well, I'll show Mike you. Mike and Mitch. Uh, he's got it. He's got it ready. I will be bringing my three section staff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Mitch can just bonk him on the head after I throw the net on him. Wow. <laughs> that's that's amazing, Mitch. I was not expecting that. Mike, are you about to Mike, what are you about I'm gonna, to I'm out? gonna pull up I'm gonna since Mitch did it, I'm gonna do it too. Pulls out a trash <laughs> barrel. Like weapons. I wanna just throw a net on John Edmonds and just ask it's him what he knows. Punk. Ooh. <laughs> Smash him with it. Those aliens, they sound like Groot because they're made of me uh, plant material. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> Mike, you okay down yeah, there? Yeah, the suspense yeah, is killing me. I don't know where my I know. weapons Digging are. through the ghillie suit. Dude, if an alien was coming to your room right now, I'd you'd be, be, be fucked. I have, yeah, a dude. I have a fishing <laughs> pole right here. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I put my knife. You're already probed at this point. They're already inside. <laughs> yeah, dude, Don't worry, Mike. I'll make sure to bring a couple of extra weapons for you. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> also, yeah, why um, why are they the so hunting. fascinated with butts? By the way, do we anybody got any theories on that? I don't know, but alien? that's a real good segue into my story. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's why I did it. <laughs> so we're gonna take it back to Pascagoula, Mississippi. Ooh. And the year is 1973, and two dudes, Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker. Are, after, are, like, enjoying some fishing off a pier after work. They're both, like, 18, uh, late teens. You know, they had a long day working in Pascagoula. Mm. Just want to catch some fish on a Thursday night, much like tonight. 
Oh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> but the so calls were coming from inside the house. The probe <laughs> is coming from inside your butt. <laughs> oh, even worse. All right. So they're fishing. They hear this whizzing sound. Like, I don't know if that's what the sound was, yeah. but that's the one I'm doing. <laughs> they see. Fair enough. They see this uh, like oval craft, like your typical alien saucer. They said it was between 30 and 40 feet across. Eight to ten feet high, and um, they said that they there were two blue lights with this thing, and they were still like conscious, but completely parallel. So like, uh, what do they call it when you're like like sleep paralysis kind of? Uh, yep, except yep. they were completely yep. they were totally awake, mm. um, mm-hmm. and they're out in like semi public. They're on the coast of the Pascagoula River in Mississippi, and. They said these three creatures that had robotic slit mouths, like just these line mouths and crab-like pinchers, <laughs> took them. So they come down. They're like robots. They have these tiny little uh, piggy bank mouths. They grab these two dudes and they take them aboard the uh, craft, and then they start examining them, right? And in an interview with NBC News uh, in 2013, Parker described it as, they gave me a thorough, and I mean thorough, <laughs> examination just like any doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so you got probe, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> totally probe. And like Why, him and though? his buddy, they don't go into it. They just like experimented. They picked these dudes up. Yeah, you up, think they the would just cut you open, but who? Crab people mm. were like, we need fishermen samples. <laughs> and they took these Mississippi fishermen off the docks, and they uh, checked them out, just Did like Leba- the butt. big Lebowski. Mm. It's a good man and thorough. Do you think he had them turn his head and cough? I, he <laughs> said <laughs> thorough examination yeah. just like a doctor, so yes. <laughs> they probably had him <laughs> do all that. Like, yeah. Do you have a history of heart disease in your family? <laughs> so then what, what happened to them after this? So like, they, did, they, did they just, just drop them back off. And they said that... Uh, did they have that weird time, missing time phenomenon again in the story? Did they mention so that? I didn't read that <clears throat> specifically. Okay. Um, and it seemed like they were trying to say he was conscious the entire time. They just couldn't move. So they were mm. kind of like frozen and went along with it. I mean, I'm sure it's gonna fuck with your sense of time no matter what. Yeah. Like they didn't say that like things disappeared, you know, like anything was really missing. And also like he can describe that they examined them both. Mm. Right. So instead that sounds kind of like, kinda like uh, happened, fire in the sky. Didn't that same thing kind of happen where he had the uh, the guy was paralyzed, but he could see everything going on around yes. him. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. As he was- Billy, is that Billy Myers? Uh, the fire in the sky guy. I think, I think it's Billy Myers, and he was out uh, in like a logger. Yeah, the logger, right? the logger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they dropped these two dudes back off, and then this was one of the bigger ones because of the publicity after the fact. Mm. So it's mm. seventy-three. You now have like the milieu of aliens in the culture, and so once these things come up. Like, that's where you run into the risk of people just making stuff up for attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was interesting to me about this particular case is that after this happened, uh, two um, people interviewed these guys. 
One of them was James Harder, a ufologist of the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. The other dude was J. Allen Hynek. And J. Allen Hynek was one of the guys hired by the government uh, to officially, unofficially research aliens in what was called as Project Blue Book. Mm. Mm. Which was... I've heard uh, of that. Started in 1952, and it was uh, brought together just to study if UFOs were a real threat to national security. And uh, J. Allen Hynek was just, I think speaking of the History Channel, he was just played by Littlefinger in a series called Project uh-huh. Blue Book on the uh, History Channel. And um, he went on after working for Project Blue Book to like study the events. And ostensibly, he was interested. He found that this is a real thing. And even though the government was like, nah, shut it all down. Mm. He was like, I believe this is happening. I'm going to keep looking into it because it's the most interesting thing I've ever seen. There are also people that say or allege that J. Allen Hynek never stopped working for the government. So he continued under the auspices of, like, his personal interest. But all the time he was working, uh, you know, he can go deep in any direction on that. Mm. Right. But... So he interviewed these two guys, and then he tried to, like, regressively hypnotize them, which is uh, something I think still gets done for, like, trauma on individuals. Yeah, yeah. It was a big thing. Like, some people say it's real. Some people say it's not. Mm. But they use hypnotic regression uh, to kind of walk people through the experiences in order for them to describe what happened to them, Mm. even if their conscious mind isn't able to translate it as well. Yeah, yeah. And what... Uh, J. Allen Hynek said was these guys definitely had an experience. So it wasn't like two guys drinking on a uh, a pier being like, hey, we should say we were abducted. I've always wanted to be on the news, which that happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure it does. He was yeah. saying that the if the hypnosis worked and was legit, that these guys definitely had an experience with something out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Hey, Calvin. Hey, Calvin, do you know what would be fun? Well, after <laughs> this fishing trip, we're going to tell everyone that we got our butts played with by these aliens. It'll be so much fun. We'll just be able to tell everyone, Calvin. What do you think? Do, do we do we really got to play with the butts, though? <laughs> yeah, Calvin, that's the most important part. Why don't we We just need to tell everyone that they that they gave us a thorough, oh, like a thorough examination like a doctor. Imagine that, like a, like a little alien doctor. Wouldn't that be fun <laughs> to talk about? I, I don't know, Hickson. This feels real, real strange. I mean, I like y'all and all, but I don't know if I want to. Why can't we just make it up? Like, with the I aliens just don't think the fun. The fun doesn't have to stop after the fishing trip. Let's just keep it going. Let's keep this fun. We're having a good vibe tonight. I just think we could talk about them playing with our butts. I'm really into the. I'm really into spreading the butt stuff. Yeah, but do you think that they could tell, like the police, if they look at our butts, they'll know if something's been inside? So let's do some stuff to our butts, dude. I don't know. Like we can make the story work. It's me and you. We're here to this together. I thought I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get you on board. I'm trying to change our lives, and so so I'll poke your butt with a stick, and we'll tell the cops it was aliens. <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe the maybe they got caught playing hands. with their own butts, and they were just trying to cover it up with the alien story. They gotta have crab hands, or I ain't in. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the first thing. Hold on, let me write this down. Crab hands, <laughs> slit mouth, uh, and they're just like a doctor. Also, my balls feel funny. <laughs> <laughs> what a wild story. You know what? what they do story. feel funny. 
What year? What year did you say? Seventy two. Seventy three. Seventy three. Seventy three. Very interesting. I haven't. I've never heard of those guys. Do they have a? Is there a, a title to like their story? You know how like the you know they got the hill. They got a. Uh, they got a podcast now. It's called Probing the Unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> That's amazing. They're, they're just like it's like forty years later. They're almost sixty years old, and they're still going on about it. Yeah, that's the interesting yeah. thing. Like, are these people still around? You know, like you looked up Jarvis. You looked up the Hill folks. They're, they they have since passed. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. Betty I passed mean, this, in two thousand four. I found that dude on Facebook, Mitch, that you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Mike. Like these guys, if they were eighteen, right in nineteen seventy three, cut to forty ish years later, they're going to be like. 65. Yeah, well, that interview that I read the quote from was from 2013. Um, Charles Hickson died of a heart attack at age 80 on September 9th, 2011. Oh, damn. Um, Age 80? Oh, okay. Oh, so, yeah, they were a bit older. They were older then. Yeah. No, the other other dude, Calvin Parker, which who the interview was with, um, he was... 18 when it happened in 73. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. And he's still around. He's 58 in 2013, so he's 65 65. Mm. Yep. Uh, We should try to reach out to him. (laughs) Ask him what kind of... Yeah, not after what we were just making fun of him and his poor dead buddy. Mm. I don't think we're making fun of him. Hey, he didn't die from the alien. He died of old age. It's just improv, Mike. Mm. It's just we just did a little. Imp- we did yeah, a little. Is he gonna understand that? Is he gonna? I have no problem with it, obviously. Oh, it fine. <laughs> I'm I in it for it. the love. I was looking for. As soon as you said their names, Calvin and Clark, I think it was. I was like, I was like, I need to remember this name just so I can pretend to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a butte, Clark. Uh, wow, very interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, love it. <clears throat> yeah, that was, another, that was another great story. Who's who's left? John, you are you gonna read something? Yeah, I got this story about this guy. Uh, you know, he's going through, like, a training program. He's, like, way better at the training than everyone else, right? And he's also way different in the way that he thinks about things, you know? He ends up getting this job with this guy. He's getting partnered up with this. He's all, like, this, like, old curmudgeon sort of dude. But you know the difference between the new guy and the old fuck, you know? He the new guy, good? he makes this look good. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, I also the wrote first a really, not gonna lie. I wrote a, a long-winded synopsis of Close Encounters, seeing which one would would come up. But I feel like the Men in Black one works a lot more, mm-hmm. so I'll just keep this fake Close Encounters synopsis. Well, nice real move, Close Encounters sport. synopsis. That's really funny. Nice move, sport. Mm. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I like what you did there. I'm actually I'm a fan of that. That was that was um, really good. I in in my real life, I say I make this look good. I say to Jocelyn, uh, you know, my lovely wife, Jocelyn. Um, you know the difference between me and you. I make this look good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I love Men in Black so much. Mm. Um, Yeah, no, I don't have any, like, real story. I did a fake Men in Black synopsis and a counter synopsis. And, um, yeah, sort of. uh, I didn't. I think it goes back to sort of what I was talking about before, like, when we first started talking. Is like, I don't have as much experience um, like looking into this stuff as you guys, I don't think. Which is like why I'm like really excited to do this. Yeah. So, Which is why you yeah. make Those it look are, good. And we barely yeah, we scratched the good. surface. There's so yeah, for sure. so yeah. much. Else. Like we didn't even get into like we didn't talk about Rendlesham. Mm. Um, we didn't talk about um, um, yeah. Nice we we barely scratched like the surface. Mm. Yeah, but, right. So we'll have 
more episodes like this, and maybe we'll go into we'll dig into things a little bit deeper. You know, whether it be Skinwalker Ranch, Stardust Ranch, mm-hmm. um, every single ranch, um, Skywalker, <laughs> like I mentioned, Skywalker Ranch, <laughs> Cool Ranch. ranch. Cranch, the ketchup, ketchup ranch. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Creamy yeah. ketchup. Um, yeah. Disgusting. Um, so, all those mm. things. Yeah. Cranch. Hey, 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 guys, guys, guys. Next week, next week, yeah. for next hey. week, yeah. uh-huh. we do ghosts. Yeah, yeah let's do Ooh, ghosts. I like that. Spooky I like ghosts. ghosts. I like that. Spooky ghosts. Okay. Ghosts. I, uh, I'm all for that. I had a... Um, I had a ghost experience that I will Same. actually share um, I will next too. week. Mm. Yeah, it yeah, happened. I will, too. I haven't done it was, shit. It was... It was terrifying, and like it really made me like, made me believe in ghosts from that Same. point on. Yep, love it. So, um, yeah, I'm all for that. I think ghosts Mitch, is a great idea. Did you get idea. haunted ever? What? What's that? Mitch, did you ever get haunted? Uh, so I have three. Don't tell the story. I'm not gonna tell. Yeah, I'm don't tell. Yeah, tell, save but it. I'm gonna lead up to it. I got three experiences in my life that were things that I can't explain. Uh, one of them I told you guys about when we went to the Cryptozoology Museum. Um, yep. Another one is a little personal. I'm not willing to share that one. But I do have a third one that, honestly, I don't know what to think of it. It could have been a ghost. So, cool. Wow. I'll tell, I, I can't I wait to hear I'll it. tell that story. Love it. Yeah. Mike, what I'm about yourself? It. I don't think I do. I can't remember now. But we all know. There's one thing we know about Mike is that there's stuff in his past he doesn't always remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't think anything. Or After get this, your, get your Ouija board out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Get your Ouija board out and just try to summon something. Right. I mean, That's how it's safe. I don't need uh, Starburst Rain. <laughs> Starburst. Oh my God! You silly goose. Mm. I think Starburst Ranch is actually what Michael Jackson was going to call his property before he landed no, on uh, Neverland. That's what Ranch. my version of Stardust, Stardust Ranch yeah. would be. Because mm. like Hansel and Gretel, or like uh, Hansel and Gretel, he was going to lead the kids there with a bunch of Starbursts, uh, the <laughs> oh, children to his ranch. No. Hey, what? I didn't what? I didn't what? <laughs> Michael Jackson's a ghost now, so we got to be careful what we say. Jim. He could haunt us. Oh that's yeah, cool. I'll have a spooky. I'll summon Michael Jackson. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We should do a seance maybe for the next episode. So there's a just speaking Billy of Michael Jean's Jackson and the um, and ghosts. There is is this the personal one? No, there's an internet uh, urban legend about the Ayuoke, which is like you know uh, you know in the song Smooth Criminal Smooth where Criminal, he says Ayuoke, yeah. right? Uh, but oh, it's spelled yes, like A W O I A, like spelled all weird, right? And it's often paired with there's this horrendous looking wax sculpture of Michael Jackson in some like museum somewhere of like you know towards the later half of his life where he has like the long hair and he's like ghastly pale right and he's plastic yeah 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 right so they and the sculpture is terrifying looking right so they pair up that sculpture with like this story about how like if you do the, these like certain urban legend things like the Ayuoke will come and get you in the middle of the night <laughs> <laughs> Please pull that up so we can show it next episode for sure. Okay, yes. we'll have to go into I that. To, I was trying to, I was trying to find it, but I don't <laughs> how to spell it, and I just got some guy named Are You Okay's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can find well, that for you guys. This was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, please share it with us. 
And yeah. uh, we're going to, so yeah, we'll be talking about ghosts next time. Um, Heck yeah. If you have any thoughts about Barney and Betty Rubble, email <laughs> yep. us. If you're a monster hunter or you know someone who is, email us. Mm. Or if right. you're. Beastie uh, Boys, Paranormal. Sorry, sorry, go ahead, Jarvis. Uh, I was going to say, if you're John Edmonds too, please reach out to us. Yeah. Except John's, John Stenning's friend request. Friend request. Uh, and then Thank you. we should do a show where we go hunt monsters at Stardust Ranch. Yeah. I wonder if he wow. still stays in touch with that monster hunter that he met. I no, don't think so. He, he, he right? sent him packing like the first night. Unless yeah, unless you think he like came back every day, like let me tell someone you don't need Come your driveway on. shovel. Yeah. And yeah. then your driveway <laughs> never gets shoveled and the guy goes by with a plow and he's like Rrr. Rrr. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. I like the idea that it could have ended any day of the twenty years, and he, Edmonds was just so stubborn. He's like, "I ain't paying this guy to do work. I can do. I'm gonna keep coming. I'll use the money for two banana clips. I ain't paying this guy." All right, love you, boys. Mm. Yeah, guys, love that you was too. Fun. Mm. Thanks. Till next week. Fun. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hugs and kisses. Decaf left, regular right. Decaf left, regular right. Very challenging work.